You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. The serious side of the J. Rouse Show is coming up next right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. 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 No more, it's none of my business. No more, I'm sure they'll work it out. No more, boys will be boys. No more, I'll say something next time. No more, why didn't she tell anyone? No more, she was flirting with him. No more, she's too smart to let that happen. No more, not my problem. No more, he didn't mean it. No more, why doesn't she just leave? No more, he said he was sorry. No more, she was drunk. No more, she was asking for it. No more, she seems just fine to me. No more, she should have been more careful. No more, we don't talk about that. No more bystanding. No more ignorance. No more excuses. No more. No more. No more. WWE Superstar Big Show here to tell you if you've been drinking, get a ride. Take a cab. Find another safe way to get home. Cops all across the country are cracking down on drunk driving. They will see you before you see them. Drive sober or get pulled over. Online radio at its best. Online radio at its best. Hey, 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 good morning. If you're ready, map of the south. Let's do this. I'm telling you, I am first very honored that you would join me tonight. He has a very limited time spot, so we want to bring in Mr. Alan Farrell right away. Hey, how are you, Kathleen? You know what? I'm going to make you do what I do, baby. Man, what's crack a lacking, baby? What's crack a lacking? It's time for the serious side of the Jay Rowe Show. Don't try to call me out, princess. You can take your love and true purpose and stick it. She's a bitch. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Network. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Giles Snyder. President Trump is back in the nation's capital, arriving early this morning from the G20 summit in Argentina. On the flight home, the president said he is open to a temporary government funding bill that would avoid a partial government shutdown. NPR's Tamara Keith reports he is citing the death of former President George H.W. Bush as a reason. President Trump has been resistant to signing a temporary government funding bill, and the current short-term spending authority is set to run out at the end of the week. But now much of this week will be devoted to honoring former President George H.W. Bush. And that has Trump changing his tune about a possible two-week extension. He spoke to reporters on Air Force One. If they come, which they have to uh, talk about an extension because of President Bush's passing, I would uh, absolutely uh, consider it and probably give it. Funding for the border wall President Trump campaigned on is one of the major sticking points in budget negotiations. Tamara Keith, NPR News. The president also spoke to reporters about the trade deal he signed with Mexico and Canada at the G20 as the USMCA is meant to replace the North American Free Trade Agreement. The president said he is planning to end NAFTA soon, giving Congress a choice between approving the new deal or returning to pre-NAFTA trade rules. 
Trump administration calling a temporary ceasefire in its trade dispute with China. The White House says President Trump has agreed not to raise tariff rates on Chinese goods for 90 days in exchange for what the White House calls very substantial Chinese purchases of U.S. goods. The president had dinner with Chinese President Xi Jinping while the two were still in Argentina. NPR's Philip Reese reports uh, he has more on the conclusion of the G20 summit. No one expected this summit to be a cakewalk. Many differences loomed large. Trump's trade war with China, Russia's conflict with Ukraine, and the presence at the summit of Saudi Arabia's crown prince amid a scandal over the killing of journalist Jamal Khashoggi. Officials spent all night haggling over the summit's final communique, and there was a burst of applause when the assembled leaders actually signed it. In it, they agreed to reform the World Trade Organization. They also reiterate support for the Paris Agreement on Climate Change. At least 19 of the G20 do. There's one holdout, the United States. Philip Reeves, NPR News, Buenos Aires. Negotiators from nearly 200 nations are gathering today in Poland for a major global climate conference. The envoys will spend the next two weeks hashing out the concrete measures each country needs to take to meet the target set by the 2015 Paris Agreement to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. The Paris Climate Accord set a goal to keep global temperatures from rising more than 2 degrees Celsius over pre-industrial levels. You're listening to NPR News. Coming up next on the serious side. President Trump avoided both Russian President Vladimir Putin and Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman at the ceremonial G20 photo today. Tensions with both leaders just one distraction in Argentina. For their part, Putin and the Crown Prince appeared to get along famously, shaking hands enthusiastically. That's right, Heather. And you know, nine out of 12 members of the grand jury had to come to this decision to indict Amber Geiger on murder. Uh, speaking with uh, District Attorney Faith Johnson after this decision was handed down, uh, Johnson says she believed from the onset of this case that this was a murder case. Mr. Bush did die late last night at his home in Houston, Texas. Omar Villafranca is in Houston near St. Martin's Episcopal, Episcopal Church where the funeral for the former president will be held. Omar? Good morning, Dana. The president actually lived just a few blocks from where we're standing, but all eyes are on St. Martin's Episcopal Church behind me. That's where we're expecting services to be held early next week. It's also the same church where his wife, the former First Lady Barbara Bush, had her services when she died earlier this year. Welcome to the serious side of the J. Ryle Show with Miss Kathleen Williams, Mr. Jerome Esprit, Mr. Elias and the official texter of the show, Mr. Johnny D. Now here is your host, Jay Ryle. Good Sunday morning to you folks. Today is December 2nd, 2018, and you're tuned to the serious side of the Jay Ryle Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio. It's best, of course, like the man said, I'm Jay Ryle. Thank you so much. Welcome to the first Sunday morning in the month of December. That's right, Christmas. 
is only 23 days away as the official countdown starts. We appreciate you being a part of the broadcast. Our call number is 347 As always, I never share the stage by myself. Let me introduce you to some of the people, some of the most important people that will be in your life for the next two hours. First up, she, is, she just brings a southern swag to the show. She's just my big sis. I love her to death. She's a colleague from the infamous J. Ross show, the one and only Vanessa Maybelli, Brenda McInnelly. What's going on, Vanessa? Good morning, everybody. Happy Sunday to you. And I love you too, Jay. Glad to be here. Oh, look at you. I love you too, sweetheart. All right. Of course, the man who gets the first and last word here on the serious side, the one who really kind of runs everything in the background. He's like the shadow president of the TGRS Radio Network, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the F. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning, sir. Good morning. And good morning, Vanessa. How you guys doing this morning? Good morning. Going on, man. This guy's a hockey player. He's playing hurt a little under the weather, but that's how important it is for Mr. Elias to make sure that you get that knowledge every Sunday morning. He is here, present, and accounted for. The man himself, the one and only Mr. Elias. Of course, Kat, of course, Kathleen Williams, our colleague, she's a preacher, so today is a work day for her. So hopefully she'll pop in and drop some knowledge with us. And, of course, the smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome Spree, usually joins us after his com- commitment with Clear Channel Radio. And, of course, the resident texter is in the house back in his usual capacity. The one and only Johnny D is here as well. The number is 347-850-1272. A lot to talk about this morning, as always, under the the Trump presidency, but let me give you the rundown. This morning, we're going to take a few minutes to talk about what's going on from an international perspective. We call it an an international embarrassment. The U.S. president is not only a national embarrassment, our disgrace, my words, no one else's, but on the international stage, he is one as well. So we'll talk about some of the nonsense that's going on and what this guy is allowing to happen under his watch. Just, just disgraceful. Second set, we'll talk about the Dallas police officer who was indicted for murder. That's right. First they were talking about manslaughter, but now it looks like the Dallas police officer who killed an unarmed black man in his apartment she was indicted for murder this past week. We'll take a closer look at that case. And, of course, the big news this week is remembering 41, the death of President George H.W. Bush. But we're going to take a different spin on it because I know sometimes when these things happen, we see all these wonderful things, and we really want to take a look at the legacy and see, you know, look, let's call it what it is. You know, you have to call a spade a spade. Once again, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. the world-famous chat room. If you hear that man's voice, means that it is wide open. Try to get in. And don't send me any messages if you can't. I cannot control that. Uh, matter of fact, I tried to go in, and I couldn't get in last Sunday, so I don't know what's going on with that thing. But as long as you yes, get the voice. Yeah, it's open. All right, well, let's help and get on in there, folks. It's ready to rock. And, of course, we are monitoring social media websites. Our uh, director of social media outreach, Jackie, she'll be here second set to tell you what you need to do to stay in contact with the show when we're not here which most of you guys do anyway. You can listen on your own personal devices at your own leisure. Could be Monday, could be Tuesday, could be Wednesday. Oh, uh, Mr. Elias, I have to I have to I have to you know, I have to squash the temptation. Go for it, Mr. Elias. Go for it. Go for it. Should I go for it? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, go Thursday, Friday, Saturday, love. You can listen anytime you want to. It's good to have you. All right, let's get into the first set. 
All right, look, Donald Trump is at the G, was at the G20. He's back in Washington this morning at this hour. But uh, not, not after he went on the, but not after or before he went out to the, he went out to the uh, international stage and he just made a complete buffoon out of himself. He had um, world leaders waiting for him. Uh, he, you know, this guy. Listen, I want to play a little bit of what's going on at the G20, and we'll have a conversation on the other side. My man, Mr. Trump. Online radio at its best. President Trump avoided both Russian President Vladimir Putin and Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman at the ceremonial G20 photo today. Tensions with both leaders just one distraction in Argentina. For their part, Putin and the Crown Prince appeared to get along famously, shaking hands enthusiastically. The White House said Mr. Trump and bin Salman, under fire for the killing of journalist Jamal Khashoggi, had a brief encounter where they, quote, exchanged pleasantries. Moments later, reporters asked the president what they discussed. The president canceled two planned meetings with Putin here to protest Russia's seizure of three Ukrainian Navy vessels and 24 sailors, the most brazen act of aggression toward Ukraine on Mr. Trump's watch. And hopefully they'll be able to settle it out soon because we look forward to meeting with President Putin. But White House officials had to beat back speculation. The meetings were canceled after the president's former lawyer, Michael Cohen, pled guilty yesterday to lying to Congress about Mr. Trump's development project in Moscow. Russia blamed the scuttled meetings on domestic reasons in the U.S. In a statement, White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders said the special counsel's investigation probably does undermine our relationship with Russia. Despite his busy foreign policy schedule, the president tweeted that his aborted Russia real estate deal was very legal and very cool. The president did celebrate a revamped trade deal with Mexico and Canada the product of months of tense negotiations. It's been long and hard. We've taken a lot of barbs and a little abuse. And we got there. It's great for all of our countries. There's our guy, Go USA, the President of the United States on the world stage. You know, what, Mr. Elias, to start with you as always, because you get the first word. You know, when you saw this whole thing between, you know, Vladimir Putin and the Saudi crown prince shaking hands, high-fiving like they were at some international soccer game, it's an embarrassment, man. This is a guy who's killed an American, who has killed an American reporter. Uh, you know, here's a guy who is just doing what the hell he wants to do in Ukraine. And you saw President Trump just wandering behind him. I didn't, you're not going to stay away from him. Instead of stepping up to the mic and condemning them, you know, he do what he always does, you know, because he loves strong men and dictators, and it just, just goes to show. He has no problem, though, however, going to the U.N. and talking about Angela Merkel in Germany or, you know, uh, Macron in France, our allies, but people who are, well, you know, people say Saudi Arabia is an ally, but okay, whatever. But people who are strong men, who are doing the test things on the international stage, this guy has no spine to confront them. What say you? Well, he's always been that way, Jay, since he's been in office. He has never, I mean, any dictator, the guy out of the, out of the Philippines that's running the, the, uh, the guy out of the Philippines that's running around killing drug dealers, he loves him. So that this is nothing new, nothing new under the sun. And, only, and I believe the only reason he stuck, stepped back from meeting with Putin which is his, which is <laughs> his main man, is because of what happened with Michael yeah. Cohen. I believe that. I believe that wholeheartedly. 
That's the only reason he stepped back from that. And it wouldn't have looked good. Otherwise, he'd have met with Putin. It would have been no big deal. But wait a minute now. But he but he always does things, Mr. Elias, that doesn't look good. So why do you think that this is the exception? Because he knows Muller's on his ass real quick. <laughs> Muller's on him. Muller's what all over him. Do you agree with that assessment? No. Can we lose it? Hold on, hold on. Here, I'm sorry, I'm trying to push the button. You know what? I do agree with that. Mm. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, okay. All right. So she agrees. That's great. All right. So, um, so, so, okay. So now this whole thing that uh, that President Trump is doing on the international stage. You know, Mr. Elias, man, what, what really makes, what really concerns me about this is the everlasting damage that this guy is doing. Yeah, we can hear you, Vanessa, now. Yeah, are you trying to talk? I'm sorry. Okay. I, I thought she just... Okay, go ahead. No, you no, you no, have I more to say? Yes, I do agree with that, and I do think it was insane. Oh, you sound like you're away from your mic now. Can you hear me now? Now, yes. that's perfect. Okay. Go ahead. Yes. I'm sorry. I don't know what's going on my phone. But I, I do agree with this assessment, and I thought it was just insane when I saw the two Saudi and Germany, I mean, in Russia, doing high fives, and Trump was coming around the corner looking at them yep. like the outsider. And I think LES posted something regarding him being the outsider. It's like, I, I just couldn't believe it. I just could not believe how are those two friends? I wish Jerome was here to explain that to me. How is. Putin and the Saudi Prince man high five and friends. Wow. Or is it because I mean, well, Trump is the neutral person that makes them friends? How about that? You know, here's the deal, and, and this is the thing that that um, really, I, I mean, the, but the American people are not paying attention, y'all. You know the American people are not paying attention. I was out somewhere. I was at a retreat yesterday, and, uh, and I was meeting and talking to some folks. And I try to work my way towards the, you know, I don't want to say this to sound like I'm bougie or anything because I'm not, but but I try to work my way toward the common folk that were there, right? Because, you know, when, you listen to, when you're hanging around the business leaders and things of that nature, they're in tune to it because this has a direct impact on, you know, their industries. So they are in tune. You know, most of those guys are Republicans, and, you know, a lot of those guys like what Trump's doing. So I'm trying to move my way to the side of the room where I knew that there were some Democratic folks there, you know, just common folk like, you know, like you and I. And, and what was amazing to me is how none of these people are paying attention to none of this stuff, right? I mean, so... You know, Vanessa, you said this a few weeks back, how you have a friend that as long as Trump is, you know, lining his pockets and things of that nature, he's going to continue to vote for him. That's the problem. People are not paying attention, but we also tell people to vote their pocketbooks. And, if they, you know, but they are. I mean, a lot of these folks who are voting for this man is voting because he is lining their pockets. No, they're not. No, they're not. I'm sorry. Well, that's what they ain't say. Ain't that, ain't, ain't that many rich folks out there, my brother? Not to be voting, it's like the one percent that 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 that, that, are, that he's really really helping. You dig what I'm saying? That's but a, the, know, the other folks you bring up, that the other folks he is tearing their ass up and they don't even know it. Hell, he's doing it to my. He did it to my union. Our union just sent out a letter that says, but because of his tax break, they put our pension into a different fund and it's going to be taxed more. And and our union, 
our pension is either set in the, the red, the yellow, and the green. If it's set in the red, that means the government is going to take it over. We're in the yellow right now, and by 2019, we're supposed to be in the green. But because of his tax plans and because everything is going on, it's going to put us. It's supposed to put us in the red. So they they weren't able to pass the tax. Whatever whatever the bill was that they were trying to pass, they weren't able to pass because too many people opposed it. But that's what's happening. And now these people say, I can't believe he's doing this to us. Why not? You voted for it. He told you what he was going to do. It's just ridiculous. Well, you know, Vanessa, um, well, look, you mentioned your black friends. And so how, how are your African-American friends not seeing this? I mean, you know, you're in tune to these folks. I mean, well, what are they doing? I mean, come on. Are you not? I know you're well, trying your I, best to I get the message across, but apparently it's not working. I haven't seen this particular classmate, but Bobby and my family was out Friday uh, with me, and my sister and I was talking about Cohen and what's going on with him and how he's trying to get them to lower his time because he's changing his story. And this man yeah. begged for me and said, come here. And I went, he said, I-, I couldn't help but hear your conversation. And I'm wondering, do you, was y'all black ready, or white? Black man, y'all ready? He said, okay. Do you really think that Trump is guilty of everything that they're saying he's guilty of? I almost lost my mind. He asked me of all people. I I just couldn't believe it. My sister you should have invited him to come on the show less. this morning. My sister is as bad as less with posting stuff. I can't do all of that. But when that man asked me that, I almost lost my mind. I said, sir. This man is guilty of all of this, and so is his children. And somebody is going down. Well, do you think they're going to have some real evidence that shows? Thought it was the light skinned man behind me. Do you really think that it's going to have evidence to show that he really did do this, so that people like me will actually see it and know that it's true? <laughs> I said, Lord, please let that Mueller man have some show enough evidence. And why is all these people I'm going to jail? That's what you should that ask. Black him. people are voting for him. Mm-hmm. But it's not yeah. a lot. I they mean, approach me. It's not a lot of them. Yeah, but it's not I'm a lot. I'm telling you, we, I, my, I couldn't believe it. But see, but but yeah. you prove my point. How people are not paying attention. People don't care. No, what, not. You know, he's preaching. He's preaching this national this nationalism. Or this, you know, someone came to me. Uh, it was interesting. Someone brought this up to me uh, last week. And he talk about how bad is the message. He's a nationalist. What does it mean to be a nationalist? I said, yeah, but okay, but you look at the Webster's Dictionary version of, they were going off the dictionary definition of the word. I said, yeah, but we all know that he's using that word in a different context. But no, he's saying that he, you know, it's it's patriotism towards his own country. Okay, I hear you, but the bottom line is that, you know, we are the, the leader of the free world. I mean, America is the beacon. America is, that, America is that place. When you have that responsibility, you can't withdraw yourself from, you know, from that stage and from that level when you're talking about being, you know, isolating yourself. Everyone knows that, you know, the book starts, begins, and ends in America. We control the world. And so for you to sit here and say we're going to withdraw from that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. None. So what I'm so afraid of is the fact that the damage that he's doing is going to have long-term residual uh, 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 collateral damage for this country. It absolutely is, Jay. 
It, but, but, but so it just seems to me that all the Republicans should be brought up on treason charges for allowing this to happen. You know, Mitch McConnell, uh, a few weeks ago, well, uh, I don't see any reason why we should uh, well, uh, go to uh, protect the general. Okay. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Thank you. No, that's why I wanted to I wanted to highlight that this morning. Oh, I don't see any reason why we should uh, uh, do anything. The president said he's not going to uh, uh, do anything to the you special counsel. Right. So he's... That's pretty good. So, so, so he comes back, and, and so this is blatant. He knows dang on well that Trump is setting up all the freaking, he's putting everything in place so he can pull the trigger on this. Now, I will say this, and we're drifting off topic a little bit, but it's all about Trump, so everything's open. I will say this. I'm a little surprised that the uh, acting attorney general hasn't made the move to get rid of uh, Rob Rosenstein yet because you know those charges on Cohen that they had to be approved by Rosenstein and Rosenstein has approved them so he hasn't made any effort to um, to step in and run interference on that whole thing so I was a little, I'm a little I am a little surprised about that Vanessa I have to be honest I thought that this guy would come in the acting attorney general will come in and start making some serious changes but I'm a little surprised that that hasn't taken place so far because they telling him because Republicans are telling him, and you better not do it. Now, I'm surprised he hasn't done it because the Democrats and the Republicans right now are having meetings setting up some laws and rules to protect this man. I was listening to that the other day. They're setting up some laws and rules to protect him so that they can't just fire him. But it would look so guilty if Trump put him in there and he turned right around and did Trump's dirty work. So that is the reason why he kind of laying back because some people are telling him, don't do that, don't do that, because it's going to look really, really guilty if you do. So I think he wants to do it. He just can't do it right as soon as he gets in office. I think it's going to happen before they can get some stuff in place. But you know what? Mueller is smart. It doesn't matter. He sent stuff to different states in order to um, keep the information that he's found on Trump. So if they come in there and they tell him you're fired, leave all your paperwork or whatever, he's already sent documents and papers to different states, to different AG offices, because I heard that too. About a month ago, he's a smart man, smart, smart man. So he knows they're going to fire him, but he wants the paperwork put in different places. So, you know, the evidence. He's smart. He's smart, Jay. I can't wait to see how this is going to turn out. And now I agree with y'all, it is going to be the sun. It's going to be the sun they're going to get first. Yeah, well, I I hope that... uh... I hope that this goes down the way it should go down because the bottom line is this guy is an international embarrassment to us all, and he's a buffoon on the world stage. And for us to continue to allow this to happen is, uh, to me, is just treason. All right, in this week's edition of Informant, it's less something that you need to know. You know, we've been talking about gun violence and things of that nature. Bottom line is, is that the NRA are they really as tough as they used to be? No, they're is not. The message is the message getting across. So we'll see what's happening. So it's time for this week's edition of In Four Minutes or Less, something that you need to know. Jerome Spree's here. We'll talk to him on the other side. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Rouse Show. We'll be right back after this. What's happened to the finances of the National Rifle Association? The powerful gun rights group has turned in tax records suggesting a sharp decline in revenues in 2017. 
Lachlan Marquet is a reporter for the Daily Beast, and he's been looking at those tax disclosures. He's in our studios. Good morning. Good morning. So we should remember we're talking here about a, a nonprofit organization, I guess. Correct. They have to say something to the IRS about their finances. What have you seen? So they have to file a Form 990, uh, an annual filing with the Internal Revenue Service required of basically every nonprofit organization. Mm-hmm. Those have to be made publicly available upon request, and we just passed the week in which most of those organizations filed those forms. So we stopped by the NRA offices and were able to uh, to get an early copy, uh, paper version of that, that filing. What do they tell you? Well, they told, they show a pretty steep drop in revenue for the group from 2016 to 2017. Total revenue was down about $55 million. Hmm. And the really telling number, I thought, was uh, a decline of about 22% in membership dues. And of course, this is where the NRA really draws a lot of their political power is in the the grassroots supporters that it can draw from or activate um, to oppose gun control legislation and things like that. So let me figure this out. If membership dues are down, does that mean they just have fewer members? That's one way of interpreting it, and we certainly asked the organization about it. Uh, They didn't comment on those numbers specifically. They did point to numbers in 2018 showing a large increase in magazine subscriptions, with the implication being that there was an accompanying increase in membership. And they continue to insist that membership is at an all-time high. Uh, So whether it's fewer members or existing members paying less, uh, it does indicate a drop in public support among that grassroots base for the NRA's mission. Any idea why NRA membership would appear to decline between 2016 and 2017? I think it's twofold. Uh, On the one hand, I think the NRA was sort of a victim of their own success. They really went all in for President Donald Trump, spending an unprecedented sum for them on his behalf. They now have a board that's trending in the right direction. Uh, Congress doesn't really appear to be doing much on the gun control front. Um, So at the federal level, at least, uh, they're doing very well from a policy outlook perspective. On the other hand, they've also branched off into issues only tangentially related to gun control through things like NRA TV, a new standalone news and opinion platform that's really uh, broken from their, what was historically a singular focus on gun control to talk about more political and sort of culture war issues. Well, that raises a couple of possibilities here that I'd like to explore. One, I think it's not unfair to the NRA to say that they, like a lot of lobbying groups, they they operate on fear. Uh, They're going to come take away your guns. Um, That fearful message might have worked in 2016, but if you're a gun owner, you're maybe a little less fearful now. Well, this membership dues number is actually a five-year low for the organization. And so I do think that during the Obama years, there was, you know, every time there would be a mass shooting or some other uh, gun crime-related event that really caught national headlines, there was a fear among gun owners that President Obama and Democrats in Congress would be enacting new restrictions on firearms in the United States. That would really spur, spur not only the purchases of firearms, but additional support for the NRA. So you did see record uh, uh, numbers, both in terms of membership and money for the NRA back in the Obama years. That sort of fear, as you put it, has now subsided, I think, a little bit with friendly people in the halls of power. Well, that leads to my next question. I wonder if those mass shootings that you refer to, which have, of course, continued and uh, arguably gotten worse, there's certainly been some larger ones in the last couple of years, have a different effect because now you have this overwhelming public revulsion about mass shootings and a widespread feeling among some people anyway that the government is doing nothing. Are there people who are simply stepping away from the NRA because they can't stomach its, its agenda anymore? Well, uh, I think there are NRA members who are, whether it's because of the gun issue itself 
or because the NRA has become more of a Republican-aligned organization. You know, traditionally, there would be even Democrats who agreed with, uh, you know, maybe someone who might have voted for Bernie Sanders or sure. Sherrod Brown in Ohio. Democratic officeholders are sometimes NRA members. Exactly. Sure. Um, and that really was a source of strength for the NRA. And I think they have become a more Republican-aligned organization rather than simply a gun rights organization. And I suspect that has turned off a number of more moderate Democrats who maybe supported them on that one issue, but that was as Republican as they got. Mr. Marquet, thanks so much for coming by. I really appreciate it. Anytime. Lachlan Marquet reports for The Daily Beast. Nine out of 12 members of the grand jury had to come to this decision to indict Amber Geiger on murder. Uh, Speaking with uh, District Attorney Faith Johnson after this decision was handed down, uh, Johnson says she believed from the onset of this case that this was a murder case. Welcome back in 347-850-172 to call it number 347-850-1272. Welcome back in to the serious side of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the DJRS Radio Network online. Radio at its best. I'm Jay. And the smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome Spree, has made his way to the uh, to the room. What's happening, Jerome? Man, good morning. How are you? Do we have Jerome Estelias? Yes, we do. All right, well, Jerome will be here, I guess, once he figures out how to get that thing moving. In the meantime, between time, let me see here. Let me see. Can I get Johnny D? Johnny D has uh, checked in. He says, in uncharted times, I don't think I don't think it's not the American public who are not paying attention. It's so many things going on with this regime. It's a challenge to keep up. <laughs> That's good. When this regime suffers a setback, they change the narrative. Thank God for the serious side to keep the listeners informed. But thank God for you, Mr. Johnny D in the house. And he's right. You know that the is thing 100% is that this president, correct. this president, you know, we can talk about some of the other nonsense that's going on with this guy here real quick just to just to, to follow up and, and just to put a ball in that first segment. But the bottom line is is that things always happened happen and, and it and it gives him cover. You know, the, the the death of the former president, which we'll talk about third set, you know, this is gonna give him a reprieve because all this week we'll be talking about George H. W. Bush. When John McCain died, there was some, some stuff going on and, you know, all of a sudden that went on the back burner for you know, for good reasons because we have to, you know, pay respects to these distinguished Americans. But this guy always gets away with nonsense and he always gets you know, right at the right time, it just seems like something happens, and it really provides this guy cover, or at least takes him off the front, uh, off the front pages of major news organizations. So, you know, I don't know, maybe he has a rabbit foot in his pocket, but we'll see. All right, uh, listen, we're going to talk about uh, the Dallas police officer who was indicted for murder for shooting an unarmed black man while he was in his apartment. She said she mistakenly walked into this man's apartment, and she shot and killed him. Uh, let's listen to the story, and we'll talk on the other side. Hopefully we can get, Jerome, get Jerome's mic fixed as well. Online radio at its best. Fired Dallas police officer Amber Geiger was booked and released for a murder charge hours after a grand jury indictment. We have her mugshot. It's from the Mesquite Police Department. That's where she turned herself in this afternoon. Her bond was set at $200,000. Now, typically, a defendant would post 10%. In this case, $20,000 to be released. The grand jury indictment for Botham Jean's shooting death followed three days of deliberations. Fox 4's Alex Boyer begins our coverage tonight. And Alex, I know you have reaction from his family and also from the district attorney. What can you tell us? 
That's right, Heather. And, you know, nine out of 12 members of the grand jury had to come to this decision to indict Amber Geiger on murder. Uh, speaking with uh, District Attorney Faith Johnson after this decision was handed down, uh, Johnson says she believed from the onset of this case that this was a murder case. Dallas County District Attorney Faith Johnson speaking to the media after a grand jury indicted former Dallas police officer Amber Geiger with the murder of 26-year-old Botham Jean. I want to thank the grand jury for the diligence that they have given to this case, the concentration, the work. The decision of victory for the prosecution after the Texas Rangers, who were the lead on this investigation, initially charged Geiger with manslaughter for killing John inside his own apartment. Geiger told investigators she thought she was entering her own unit when she encountered John and thought he was an intruder. D.A. Johnson said she could not give details of the closed-door proceedings, but said witness testimony and physical evidence convinced the grand jury this was a murder case. Our uh, unit did a tremendous job of investigating the case, talking to over 300 witnesses, conducting different lab testing. John's parents are pleased with the grand jury's decision, but say they know they face a long road ahead. It is such a hard thing to go through. We miss our boy dearly. He didn't deserve that. I look forward to the next step, which is a conviction of murder of Amber Geiger, and more so of a penalty, the proper penalty that will cause her to reflect on what she has done and the pain that she has caused. It's always heartbreaking to hear a mother who has lost her child um, and, you know, they're forced to stand in front of cameras to, uh, to, to, to really and truly have to, to, to deal with, you know, the nation looking at the situation. You know, you're reading the paper about other African-American men being shot and killed, and all of a sudden you find yourself in the spotlight. Just a tragic situation. Let's go to, to the main man, Mr. Jerome Spree. Hopefully he has his mic fixed. Jerome, you know, can we, can we see a light at the end of the tunnel? I mean, because, you know, as I was researching this story, I, I found a lot of stories out there where police officers are starting to get indicted. You know, the Texas Rangers first was going to go with this manslaughter charge, but now they've changed the charges to murder. The uh, African-American district attorney uh, in Dallas was, you know, she stood there with the family. She was excited about the possibility of, uh, of trying this woman. Now, we're a year away from this thing happening, but do you see a light at the end of the tunnel? Are we starting to see more police officers indicted for, you know, this egregious act of, uh, in my opinion, uh, the overuse of deadly force? What say you? What about you, well, Vanessa? I seem we're having issues with. Uh, well, go ahead, Mr. Elliott. Seem we're having trouble with uh, troubles with uh, Jerome's mic. Go ahead, man. Well, no, we're not. We're not reaching anything, Jay. If you think about it, what happened in Birmingham, Alabama? Where was the NRA at for that story? Now, if, you, if people don't know about what happened in Birmingham, Alabama, there was a shooting in the mall, right? And um, yeah. a young man's walking through, and he has a he has a, it's, it's a concealed carry state. And uh, he has a gun on him. We talked about that last week, yeah. Okay. Okay, they shot him. They shot him. Where's the NRA at now? They should be outraged. They should be raising hell. They should be going off because this is what happened. 
But wait a minute, stop. Hold on, Mr. Elias. You know dang going well the NRA is not going to step up. If if someone can go in and kill 26, you know, 24 children, you know dang well, well they're not going to say mean, anything about that. Come on, man. Why not? What are you why, talking why about? Shouldn't why shouldn't they? What you mean, why this, not? This, they killed 24 white kids in Sandy Hook. They're not going to say anything about an African-American man being shot and killed? Come on, man. And they should. They should. That's one of their own. They, somebody, somebody that plied for a gun permit. What do you mean it's one of their? What does that mean? Legally, he plied for that. He plied for gun permit legally. Oh, I right? see what you're saying. You're saying okay. You're okay. I see. He carried. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's what you're doing now. Okay. Yeah, he's carrying it legally. Yeah. He's got everything he's supposed to have, and then he still gets shot. They should be outraged. They should be raising hell. They should be going off. But now, what are they doing? They're silent. They're silent. You know why? <laughs> they don't give a damn. It's all about money. It's all about money. So I, I, that one is just ridiculous to me. It Vanessa, is. do you agree with Miss Delias? I mean, I, I mean, listen. I mean, look. We want to call it what it is, right? And the bottom line is, is that yeah, uh, there have been an enormous amount of, uh, or just an unprecedented amount of African American men being shot and killed by the police. There's no doubt about that. But we also, I think, we're obligated to point out when we see things are moving in the right direction. And we can't sit here and say with a straight face that the indictment of this police officer is not a step in the right direction. I'm glad he was indicted. I I really am. I hate to say it, but I am glad all of that was insane. You hate to say that she was indicted? Am I glad that she was indicted? The lady who walked in there and yes. killed the man and said she was in the wrong apartment? <laughs> no, but you said you hate to say that. I, I mean, I guess I'm trying to figure out why. I, do I mean, hate I mean to the say bottom it. line is. I hate to. Why? I, no, I, no. I hate to say it because then it makes it sound like I'm somebody who's against police officers and, and I don't wish them. You know, I, people take it. People are funny when you start uh, talking about police officers firemen, that kind of stuff, Jay, they really are. They get offensive when you start talking about them like that. So that's the reason why I say I hate to say it. I hate to say in this day and time, at my 56 years of age, that police officers are doing this kind of stuff. Shooting black men in the street for no reason. People getting shot in malls for no reason. Women police officers walking in and shooting somebody didn't want to say, oh, it was a mistake. I hate that it has came to our police officers acting like this, Jay. I hate it. When I grew up, it wasn't like that. When I grew up, a police officer was somebody that you respected, that you saluted, that you wanted to be like them. Now it's not like that. So I hate to say that I'm glad that she got indicted because when I was a kid, that's who I looked up to. I looked up to police officers, firemen, teachers. Now you can't. Teachers sleeping with children. You just can't look up to these people anymore, and I hate to say it. You know, I get what you're saying. Three, four, seven, eight. Three four seven eight five zero one two seventy. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJR's Radio Network Online Radio. At its best, it's about uh, forty minutes uh, before the top of the hour. We're talking about the Dallas police officer who was uh, indicted for murder this week uh, for shooting an unarmed black man. Uh, I guess the thing is when you look at the story, but it, it, when we go back and listen to the story itself, you know they found evidence 
you know, that suggested otherwise. They found uh, witnesses who said, no, this is not the way it seems, are being presented to the public. And so the bottom line is, is that they, they, they indicted this young lady. Uh, for murder. And I guess I, I see where you're going, Vanessa, because, you know, when you were growing up, it was all about, you know, the police officer. You want to be a police officer. You want to be a fire person. Uh, you want to be, the, you know, um, a teacher. Those were respected um, uh, professions. And so now with, you know, what we see with yeah. some of these white teachers sleeping with young men and, you know, police officers doing some of the things that they're doing, it's just a, it's a dang old shame. But, hell, look at the president of the United States. So what can you say? Right? I, I mean, it's all going downhill. You know, it's yep. ridiculous. It's a ridiculous thing. He is changing. So, Ms. Elias. He is changing the format. Who, who, the, who? the president? The president of the United States is changing the format. Well, but they've been killing, they the killing black folks. It is unprecedented they've been what killing, he's doing. But, Vanessa, they've been killing black folks way before that guy stepped foot in the office. I mean, a lot of this happened oh, during the Obama about, administration. I was talking about that. Say, I was oh, okay. talking about that. I was talking about the fact that we have a president in office that is truly bringing racism out where people are getting killed yeah. and mistreated because they're black. I have In my lifetime, I don't remember any of the yeah. Bushes. Since I've been into voting, the only people who've been in office is the Bushes, the Clintons, and Obama. Since I've been, you know, into voting. That's the only people I remember. In the White House. Okay. So I don't remember the okay. Bushes acting like that and doing that. I don't remember the Clintons doing that. But we well, have remember a now, a lot of people didn't vote for, wait a minute now, a lot of people didn't vote for Clinton because of that comment they made about the, the super predator comments. I mean, you know, we talked about that on the show, how, to me, they took that piece of it, and they really didn't, you know, they didn't, they, they took that one piece, and they took it out of context. If you ask me, if you read our whole statement, it was something completely different, but I've digressed. But I hear what you're saying. I, I mean, the bottom yeah, line is it's not so blatant with this guy. Well, I did. I'm sorry. Right. But, uh Right. Yeah, but I see what you're saying. I mean, you're saying basically that this guy is blatant with it. People feel that they're emboldened to go out and say some of the things that they yep. say in the public, and I get it. I understand it completely. That's, that's, well, that is exactly how I feel, so I'm glad you laid it out. But, yeah, that's how I feel. And I just I just well, think it's sad you. that police officers are doing what they're doing. Well, it is sad. But it we is need sad. But, but I want to see. But I want. But I want to focus on the positive, Miss Elias. I mean, the positives are. Look, the bottom line is, is that they raised. They changed the charges from manslaughter to murder. Right. That's a positive. So now, who knows what's going to happen in the trial? It's it's a, it's a year away. We don't know what's going to happen. But just like. You know, this whole thing that happened last week when we talked about how, and this wasn't really, when we talked about the Tennessee driver who was shot and killed, and he heard the sheriff saying some of the things that he said. He got called on the hot mic saying, I'm glad I live for this stuff, and I'm glad that we shot this son of a bitch and all this other nonsense. And then the uh, district attorney's office in Tennessee said that the shooting was justified, even though they were pulling this guy over for an expired registration. I get it. I mean, it just seems to me that law enforcement has the ability to make mistakes and do all these different things, and they can go. People can say, well, the bottom line is that, you know, they can do what they want to do. I mean, the bottom, you know, that's what that's the way it is, and it's ridiculous. It's totally ridiculous. These people are trained to react certain ways in certain situations. And so because you get nervous and scared, you're not allowed to make those mistakes when you're a police officer, right? You're just not allowed to make those types of mistakes. And if you can't handle it, then don't become a police officer. 
It is as simple as that. Looks like yeah. Jerome is in the house. Mr. Jerome Esprit, are you here, sir? Yes, sir. What's going on? There is the man himself. What's happening, Chief? All right, listen, <laughs> I've been thinking, you know, when things happen during the week, Jerome, I always, I can't wait to Sundays because I want to hear what you have to say. So give me your thoughts on this police officer being indicted for murder, which is an upgrade because, remember, they were talking manslaughter. But it looks like the yeah. Dallas District Attorney's Office got it right, and the grand jury, you know, con- you know, indicted this person for murder. What say you? Um, I first of all, she had no like defense, no excuse by claiming that it was her apartment. So it was just that stupid. Right. So I can't really pat them on the back for indicting her for murder. She murdered somebody. I mean, you have to to be white in this country to get convicted of murder. You actually have to stand over them and then say you did it. <laughs> like, it's got to be that bad. <laughs> so, you wow. can't be giving somebody those poodles when you know that they shot them, went to the police station, lied, and then the police covered for them. And then we come back and say, oh, the DA didn't say, you know, th- there's an option. The reason that they go get a grand jury is to see if they have enough evidence kind of to convict, right? It kind of forces the DA's hand. The DA don't, right. if you shoot somebody in the middle of the street, they don't convene no grand jury, but they had to do, do that on her. That actually tells you how the system works. So they were like, we don't really know if we can convict her as an officer, so let's go get a grand jury. So the grand jury overwhelmingly upped the charges. It wasn't them. It was the grand jury that upped it from manslaughter to murder. Because right. if you watch any bit of law and order, you see that the grand jury can't up the charges even if the DA doesn't want to. So it wasn't the DA who, who got it right. They went for manslaughter, and the grand jury upped it to murder. So I don't, I don't know. I don't feel happy about any of this stuff. I just kind of feel like, you know, we have to jump through hurdles for really stupid stuff, like really little things. So it's, it's difficult for me to actually feel any kind of... Um, uh, satisfaction in it. I mean, get, having her go to trial is a whole nother story. But hmm. you know, they're going to try to vilify the, the kid who got killed. Like They were like, oh, he had weed in the house. Like, they're going to try to, well, but you know what I mean? Like, they're going to do something. Well, that's what they always that's do. You know, character assassination. They, they always do that. I mean, they, they, they yeah, did but this we with Trayvon. That's what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Well, no, we, no like I agree Trump with you. always buys. Trump always lies. Yeah, he always lies, but that does not mean that we need to overlook the fact that he's lying. <laughs> like, I'm, you know what I mean? I like, we have to take the responsibility of making sure that we stay on top of people who we know are even lying to you. So they're lying in the Dallas Police Department side by defending her. It was like the, the policeman that was shot. They were like, ooh, Black Lives Matter did it. Like, they were blaming all black people when a policeman got shot. That's the environment that you're in, even with her getting um, getting those charges from a grand jury, because the DA would not press yeah. charges. So we have to put it in context. You know, let me say something here, because, you know, the thing is, during the show, we, we monitor social media sites, and, you know, usually doing a portion of the show called Chatterbox, we will read comments. Somebody by the name of Teddy is just bombarding 
my account uh, with nonsense. Let me let me address this right now. First of all, I'm not going to read your stupid ass comments on the air, so don't stop. <laughs> Here's what I don't understand about some of you people: you, you you sit here and listen to this show, and then you don't like what we're saying, but you're tuning in. So you know, change the damn channel. If you don't like what we're saying, go somewhere else. You know, this whole nonsense about black and white, I don't give a dang if it was a black police officer who walked in somebody's apartment and shot and killed them. Don't bring that nonsense to this show. Don't question our credibility. We call it what it is. If you don't like it, change the damn channel. It is as simple as that. You people get on my nerves tuning into this show. What you know? Go listen. Rush Limbaugh comes on. You know, regular radio. Go listen to Rush Limbaugh. Fox News is on right now. You can go listen. You don't have to come here. It's amazing these trolls. Here's the thing that gets me. You know what? I'm sorry. You know, listen. I'm supposed to maintain a certain professionalism. This bothers me because you folks tune into the show. If you don't like what we're saying, go somewhere else. You will not catch me listening to Hannity. You will not catch me listening to Rush Limbaugh. It's just not my flavor. So if you don't like what we're talking about, go somewhere else. It is as simple as that. I'm not reading this nonsense that you post. So stop it. Meanwhile, Back to our regularly scheduled program. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. You're listening to the serious side of the Jay Ryle show. I, I mean, it's just it's nonsense. I, I can't. Oh my God, I'm gonna have a headache. Oh. Anyway, all right. So I'm back. Uh, but but Jerome, listen, man. You know they call us angry black people. You know this show. You know I read some guy two weeks ago. Oh, this is why. You know we have this. You know the Black Panthers. And I, what the hell are you talking about? The Black Panthers. Did you say? Did you I mean, say anything about the Ku Klux Klan? You know, are, black lives. You know they're trying to make Black Lives Matter like we're some rogue organization that's out there. Black Lives Matter is because white police officers are murdering our people and our kids in the street. That's why they right. exist. That's right. why. It's, Let's call it what it is. White folks are really good at making false equivalents. Yes. Right? So what happens is even the Black Panthers, right? So we have pretty much school lunch and childhood um, immunizations because of the Black Panthers. Like, they started that stuff on the street, like getting nurses to work in the community, having community outreach, providing lunch for children. Then the school district, the schools adopted it federally and started Mm -hmm. feeding kids the same way the Panthers was doing. Like, they created that. How did they go from that to being compared to a hate group? It's because false experiences is what white folks do. And in the back of their head... They pretty much figure if black folks have the opportunity to treat them how they treated us, then we are going to do it. But they just don't know. Black folks don't have that in them. Our humanity is a little bit different. It's not what we do. But that whole fear that's in them makes them shoot black, makes them shoot like a 12-year-old like he's doggone 50. And they're like, oh, he was 12, but when I saw him coming, he looked 12 feet tall. You know what I mean? That is fear. They need to own that fear. Right? Because no matter, no matter how we explain it in English to them, I think what happens is through translation, their fear starts to kick in. It makes them see the world a little bit differently. So 
if you're listening to a program, and there's something really crazy racist about you listening to a program with black folks wanting them to talk about stuff from white people's perspective. There's something crazy about you, right? <laughs> Fox News exists. So a part of your hate is that we somehow are projecting hate on you. On this program, since I've been here, I've never heard us like anybody come out here saying how much they hate white folks. The issue is that when we say white folks as black people, we're talking about your culture, not you as individuals. We never explain that, and we never articulate that, because you should not be here unless you knew that there was a cultural difference. Right? It goes back to, what's the movie, Friday, with uh, um, Mike Epps says, you need to stay hanging around black people, because we yeah. don't hang around black people. If you, if you don't understand what it is, you need to slowly oh, indoctrinate boy. yourself to how we correspond with each other. But nobody don't hate you for being white. That's stupid. But for actually, yeah. I know this is on your nerves, Jay, for people doing that. But the, the point is, is that they have a lot of hate in them, and they want that fire to feed them back. It's why, you know, in the, in the um, I did the news story before, where that island of, of um, Singalese people were there. I'll do this in the news anyway. But the white missionary who said he wanted to bring them Jesus, and he ends up getting killed. So that, that, is, that is your privilege to feel like somebody needs you to tell them about Jesus. They've been there 30,000 years, and you want to tell them, hey, I want you to worship somebody who we worship. Right? Hmm. That is your arrogance talking. So we need to kind of deal with that from that perspective. Sorry to take up so much of the show on it. But just to the people who are listening, it is stupid to be racist. But it is also stupid for a racist person to come in there and want us to see the world through your perspective. Because that is what, that is what supremacy is. That's what white supremacy is. But we're not hearing that. You know, just like well, you know, the thing is, Jerome, and, and, you know, and, and once again, thank you for cleaning up my rage. <laughs> because that's the way I should have said it, but <laughs> yeah, but 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 I guess you know it gets to a point where you know every now and then I have I haven't had a meltdown in how long, Mister Elliot? It's been a while, right? I mean, I haven't yeah. went berserk in few. It's been a minute, you know. I was due. I was overdue. I mean, it's, okay, you've been okay but, but, for a while. But, yeah, I thought it was the holiday season yeah, kicking in. Yeah, <laughs> I have. I have. I've been okay for a while, but every now and then, stupid stuff comes up and like you said they come here and they expect us here's the problem and, and this is the same thing that happened when president obama was in office what they fear is the fact that now we can we're on equal footing with them when it comes to getting the information out our listenership is growing folks and i know some of you people don't like that because we're black people we have an avenue to talk. You know, you don't hear some serious radio outreach. We have people listening in New Zealand and all overseas. I get messages all the time from the U.K. talking about the struggles of African Americans here in this country. So you folks don't like that. But we ain't going nowhere. We've been here for the longest. We ain't going no place. So tune in if you want to, Mr. Lily White. We're here. But I'm not reading your comments on the air. You can go to hell with that. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. You know I shouldn't curse, man. The pastor's listening. I'm pretty sure he's praying for me right now. It's a beautiful hey, Sunday morning. Let you. <laughs> I, know. You know I can imagine what. I'm praying for you this morning. I know. Pray for me, Vanessa. Pray for me. Pray for me. 
Get on your knees and pray for the brother. Like, pray for me. I'm going to take it to the altar in a few minutes. But, uh, take yeah, it to the altar, girlfriend. It's a communion <laughs> Sunday. Let me pray. Drink but wine. Well, if you go to a Lutheran church, I'm missing the Hannity. You're Baptist church. I'm missing the Hannity. Huh? No, just, just hear me. We don't, you, know what, you know what? You're, you're right about that. I mean, I think sometimes you but have to listen to the enemy to know where they're coming from. Maybe that's what you they're do. doing there, listening to the enemy. Okay, I take back what I said. Maybe you but need to listen in. to figure but out what in. our next steps are. Don't take that back. We're not the enemy. Well, to them, we're the enemy. You have to have a willing participant to want to fight you. We don't hate white folks like that, right? They want us to hate them. That's why they get really anxious every time they go, oh, why is Sharpton here? Why are are people talking about Farrakhan? Like, y'all want an enemy. Y'all can kick rocks with that. We We don't even, we don't love you enough to dislike you. You know what I mean? Like there, there has to be something oh, you to want to hate somebody. Oh man! Just trying to, I can't just read trying to help you out. You're like, too. <laughs> you, you have dope. to go ahead, Jerome. That was deep, yeah. man. He said we don't love you enough to hate you. Damn! No. Wow! Not at all. <laughs> can, I, can I put but, that on the T-shirt, Jerome? That's oh, what man, I want to know. Can I put so that on the damn T-shirt? <laughs> Hey, Jerome, you know what? See, y'all, see, listen. It, before we go, before we go to break, J- Jerome, see, Jerome be getting this little stuff in, but he used big words and stuff. So you know, the thing is, is that you have to sit and think about it, and meditate when Jerome come at you real crazy. See, I'm just all blatant with my stuff, but he comes. Yeah, you, yeah, you, you, you take the dictionary angle. Wow, school words. Jerome, man, this guy is. Just, yeah. Oh my God. I just think that sometimes. Sometimes we try to save too many people, right, from their own devices and their own hate. And we cannot be serious enough to tell them, listen, don't nobody want to be you. So when the whole Klan thing came up and it's like they're trying to take our white women, it's like, no, right? You can go to a very white school now with no black people and they're dancing to Jay-Z. It's like you are assimilating <laughs> our culture. So stop acting like we want to be you. Get over it is all I'm saying, right? Some mm. people can take the truth, and some people can't. But at least on this show, we're not Hannity. We're not giving you some liberal Preach. response to that. We don't care. So you listen you to go. the show. We are here to to tell people, like, just give them news and information that at least is based in truth. And And from our perspective, we get the freedom to do that. Now, you may fire me for doing that, but... <laughs> Who cares? You know what I mean? Like, if I work for them, you may fire me for doing that. And that's usually how people are. They don't like black people telling the truth. So stop listening if you don't want to hear from that perspective. We're not playing politics on this show. I can care less about either party or you. So it's not that serious to us. When we're talking about we topics, talking we're to talking you. about topics, the perspective that gives us insight. So I always that's think right. about youth when we're, when we're talking, especially millennial folks. Because they put too much pressure yeah. on them. The issue is, it's like, we need to leave it to the millennials and we need to let them. No, you have elders. That's not how our community works. That's not how the Native community works. You have people who have information. You need to look to your elders. We've seen this for too long. Those of us who've seen this for 30 years, you need to say, why is this this way? Why does it exist? Don't think that I'm new here so I can just think of this differently. There's a difference between being mm-hmm. smart and being wise, and we need to understand that. 
Marietta Music's checked in. Usually, like I said, I read comments during Chatterbox, but Marietta Music's talking about Jerome is, you know, turning her on. Marietta, <laughs> this is not the time and place for that, okay? No, Sunday no, morning. No. <laughs> well, you know, man, I just, hate she, hate why would she write that? Come on, Marietta. I'm not hate her, man. I'm not hate her, man. You're all you hating, know, man. Ooh, Jerome. Jerome. Ooh, Jerome's intellectual vibe is turning me on. I'm like, what? <laughs> what are you doing? Come on. Hey, Show us credibility, Marietta. Stop it. With this nonsense. Somebody, listen. That's you, Jay. That's you, yeah. Matthew. That is you, Jay. All right, listen. Matthew. Here's my charge oh, wait, wait, to any female hey. listeners out there. Please. Hey. Yes, yes, Jerome. Uh, yes, yes. I just want to make sure Vanessa's still praying for you. Vanessa, you still praying? <laughs> She's a little bit bold. I'm still praying. I'm still praying. Okay. I just want to make sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, when Jay starts going off oh, on a gosh. I, I wonder where you are. Yeah, you're right. I'm, hope I'm all over the place. It's so we're praying for Jay, too, because Jay is about to go please, someplace please else. Pray for, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pray for me. Yeah. But before we go to break, I just want to put it out there. Any female listeners out there, you know, if my rage got sh- Ew, let me stop. See, I'm going all the way out of bounds. All right, coming up next. Tune in on Wednesday. <laughs> really? Really? <laughs> I know I'm being mad. All right, coming up next, we're going to talk about George W. H. Bush. But here's the bottom line, though. We're not going to say some of the things you think we're going to say. Let's talk about his legacy. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to the serious side. <laughs> we'll say hello to some people as well. We'll be right back. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Rowell Show.
Mr. Bush did die late last night at his home in Houston, Texas. Omar Villafranca is in Houston near St. Martin's Episcopal, Episcopal Church, where the funeral for the former president will be held. Omar? Good morning, Dana. The president Welcome actually lived just a few blocks from where we're standing, but all eyes are on St. Martin's Episcopal Church behind me. That's where we're expecting services to be held early next week. It's also the same church where his wife, the former First Lady Barbara Bush, had her services when she died earlier this year. All right, welcome back again. 347 2 to the serious side of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the GRS Radio Network. Yes, sir. Uh, before anybody asks, the name of the song was All Time Love by Jeff Bradshaw and Friends. Just want to get that out of the way because they're okay. going to ask. Oh. Well, they're going to ask you, right? That is the song. You're right. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Mr. Elias, for clearing that up. All right, it's time to say hello to our panelists. As always, to say good morning to the very lovely Vanessa May Belly from the McAnally. Hey, Vanessa. Good morning. Good morning. And good morning to you, too, sweetheart. The smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome. What's going on, Jerome? How are you? Hey, I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing well now. The man who gets the first and last word here on the serious side, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning, sir. Good morning, and happy belated birthday to our lovely Vanessa. Oh, that's Thank right. You. Happy birthday, Vanessa. Thank you. I had an awesome weekend. Thank you. <laughs> oh, look at you. All right, Mr. Elias, can we say hello to some folks, if you don't mind, sir? Oh, we just got Covina man in there, man. That's it. Covina! What's going on, man? How you doing? Of course, our resident texters in the house, Mr. Johnny D. Let me read what he says. His comments on Amber Geiger. He says, the DA must have some very incriminating evidence. I'll reserve judgment until the trial is over. Hopefully, the DA is not overly ambitious. I'm not familiar with the Texas general statutes. However, if the DA only has murder as a charge, the jury doesn't convict Mr. Geiger. I mean, Miss Geiger. Uh, of murder, and she doesn't take a plea, she may very well not be convicted if they are only if they only have murder as a charge. That's a good point, Johnny. We'll follow that trial closely. Let me say hello to some folks out there. The pastor's hey, in the house. What's up, Pastor Jones? Yes, Jerome. I'm sorry? Yes, there are counts. There's murder and manslaughter. Both of those counts are actually on the books were filed. Oh, okay. All right, all right. Yep. So the pastor's in the house. The pastor, I, I can't read. I can't wait to read his comments. Boy, he said he is praying for me. Thank you, Pastor Jones. Mariana <laughs> Music is in the house. Good morning, Mariana. How you doing? Uh, look at this. Finley's in the house. Hello, Finley. Checking in. Uh, Robert from Chicago's in the house. Mitch is in the house. What's up, Mitch? Mike, so many people. Lena's in the house. Hey, girl. Oh, Monique's in the house. Hey, Monique. Hey, baby. Oh, look at this. Stephanie, what's up, Steph? How you doing? Oh, my Lord. Mickey's in the house. Hey, Mick, what's going on? Uh, oh, boy, there's so many people. Just want to, ooh, Natasha is checking in from, oh, my God, from down under, Miss Delias. Give oh, me your hey, best. Natasha, um, how you doing, baby? How you doing? Yeah. What's going on, girl? How you doing? I haven't heard from you. It's from Australia. Yeah, man. Yeah. Stacy Fletch. Devonair, hey, Devonair from Memphis, Tennessee, what's going on? Kalita, just so many people in the house. Thank you so much for listening. Also in the house, our uh, director of 
social media outreach. Jackie's in the house. Hey, Jackie, good morning. Good morning, how to everybody this morning. Well, actually, I guess I don't have to ask. Y'all seem very lively today. <laughs> and I just, just want to say, and I, and I, hello, yeah. I just want to say on Mariana Music's behalf, don't hate on her intellectual vibe. Thank you. <laughs> no one asked you that, Jackie, but since you want to talk and since the mic is open, how about you tell people how to stay in contact with the show when we're not live, Miss Smarty Pants? Uh, If you want to know more about the TJRS Radio Network, check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And, of course, you find us by using the same ending handle, facebook.com slash groups, twitter.com, instagram.com slash T-J-R-S Radio. And if you want to email us about anything, email us at SeriousSide at Outlook.com. Keep up with us. All right, look at Jackie telling you what you need to do. That's SeriousSide. That's S-E-R-I-O-U-S-I-D-E. That's right. No two S's, no separate word. We made up our own word. It's the serious side of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning. Thank you guys for being here. Um, people are responding to my rant. Um, some female is actually a couple of females have, uh, you know, honored my request. And uh, I'll read those during Chatterbox. Show. All right, here we go. All right, so listen, this past week, uh, the 41st president of the United States passed away. George H.W. Bush passed away. Uh, lived a very long life. I think he died at the age of 94. You know what happens usually when you have this lifelong love story, especially between him and his wife. You know, as soon as one dies, you know, shortly after that, the other one usually follows. And uh, you know, but here's the trouble that we have, and folks have gotten on us for this. But you know, listen, George W. George H. W. Bush was a public figure. He was the president of the United States. And what usually happens is when a person passes away, we talk about all the great things that they did, but we kind of ignore some of the things that they didn't do right. And so, you know, I think, listen, when I die, I want people to tell the truth about me. I don't want people to, oh, because he's dead, you know, let's, you know, I, why are you laughing, Miss Elias? I mean, I, I said, no, you don't. I'm, <laughs> no, I don't. No, I don't. Okay, you have a point there. A friend of mine about a year ago, a friend of mine about a year ago had a really serious conversation with me in my driveway and said, do not, under no circumstances, at my funeral, let people go up and randomly tell stories about me. My kids. Uh, <laughs> I said, come my, on, man. My exactly. I know too many people uh, and done a lot of things in my life, and no, don't do it. <laughs> he made me promise him that. <laughs> so, that's what I was thinking. Oh, God. Like, you don't want to be too honest. Just tell him, let's say some nice things about Jay today. Like, don't do, don't do no other, uh, tell everything mm-hmm. you know. Write a book. Write a book. For you folks who may be saying that we're laughing, listen, we listen. The bottom line is he was the president of the United States. Um, you know, we give him the respect that he deserves. But I think what happens is just like in, you know, look, what's happening with Trump. People, all of a sudden, George W. Bush uh, is like this great president. When he wasn't, folks, he wasn't a great president. 
But because of what, because of who we have in the White House now, it makes George Bush look like he was an angel. And George H.W. Bush, while we respect what he did for the nation, you know, he was a flawed president. He was a flawed president. And, and, and so this is always tough because people will say when a person dies, Mr. Elias, you have to say nice things about him. But when we're going to sit here and talk about all of his accomplishments, we have to talk about his failures as well. I mean, are we doing the right thing when we do those types of things? We are the voice of the opposition. So the bottom line is we have to acknowledge what this guy is, you know, we have to look at his legacy, uh, you know, from the total legacy of this man. We just can't ignore the things that he did, you know, bad and say, oh, he was a great president. No, he was a mediocre president at best. Your thoughts? Well, you know, my mother always told me if you ain't got nothing nice to say about somebody, don't say nothing. I'm going to leave it at that, Jay, because sure. he, was, he was involved in Iran-Contra, all that stuff with, with – with, with, uh, with uh, Reagan, you know that brought drugs to the to the to the to the uh, United States, man. I mean, you know, it's interesting you say that because the bottom line is no one. People always talks about Ronald Reagan as this great president. Look, there's some things that Reagan did that I thought was cool. There are a lot of things that Reagan did that I thought was just horrible. But they talk about this, and well, he you know, broke the unions, and, and that's why he, that's why they say he's great. He broke the unions. Well, people that's why. Yep. Here's the That's deal. why I say he's great. People are, going, people are going to come back and say, you guys always find a way to bring President Barack Obama into the conversation. I've read those comments as well. But, but here's the truth. The Obama administration did not have any type of scandals. Now, the Republicans try to bring this Benghazi thing up, but that was bogus. We've talked about that. We've debunked that so many times on the show that it's crazy. I'm not going to spend any time on that this morning. But the bottom line is, is that you're right, Mr. Elias. He played a role in that. You know, yes. their relationships with the Saudis, uh, Jerome, I mean, no one's bringing this stuff up. And maybe it's not the right time to do it. I don't know. It just seems to me that if we're going to look at a man's legacy, yeah, George H.W. W. Bush did some good things. But he also did some things that were not so good. So, I mean, how do we handle this situation when we're trying to remember uh, a former president of the United States, Jerome? Well, first of all, I'm not trying to remember him, but on another note, that we don't have to abide by any long-held standards, right? You're not supposed to say anything nasty about anybody in passing. True. You're not supposed to. It's just polite society stuff. But, so I, I'm not going to comment on his on him personally, but I can comment on him on his public record. We can talk about him as far as his... Um, his time in office. So from knowing that George H.W. Bush was friends with John Hinckley Sr., and that was his boy, and they went to dinner, and John Hinckley Jr. shot Reagan, we need to talk about him being in the CIA, for example. Because when Reagan got nominated to be president from the Republican Party, they forced Reagan to put Bush on as his vice president. Reagan told them no initially, and then next thing you know, the CIA guy is your vice president. So I don't even go through his policy stuff. I am going to tell you about the fact that while he was a former head of the CIA and as vice president, the covert stuff that they did in the Iran-Contra stuff, moving guns to um, Iran, taking their money, buying drugs and 
funding a war. I'm sorry, getting guns and sending them to South America, funding a war, and all of that other stuff while jumping drugs in the United States, that was all under their whole collective watch. So we can't ignore that just because that man passed. I'm not, I didn't say he was going to, you know, the double (coughs) hockey stick place or nothing. I'm just telling you that his record, his public record, is not good for anybody. So even though on TV they're pretty much saying, yeah, he messed up because he raised taxes with the Democrats, that is bull. And that is what Republicans do, right? Democrats raise taxes. You know why? Because Republicans create big deficits. So now that we're in debt, it's like, how do you raise money if you're in debt, right? You have to, you know, take money from one account to move to the other. Republicans always, always create a narrative that makes it look like it's, it's, you know, liberal or not or whatever. We need to look at life as it stands. And George H.W. Bush was not good people. And it's one of the reasons I don't like Clinton, because H. W. Bush was really close to the Clintons, and it told me that they're all pretty much in the same camp. So although Clinton worked really close with Newt Gingrich to to do what he did, we have to realize, we have to look at this in the bigger picture to say, we can't keep worshiping people that we know are sinking us, and I'm, I'm not here for that. So I have nothing good to say, but my mother didn't tell me I didn't have to say nothing. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> okay. She said, she said, be careful on the words that you choose, and I'm and I'm choosing my words carefully. So I can tell you. Well, but but okay, but Vanessa, you know, listen, he he was from here. Um, you know, obviously the city's going to be prepared for. Uh, the funeral service, you know, similar to what happened to his wife when she passed away. Uh, the interesting dynamic here, though, is when Barbara Bush passed away, there was no Donald Trump. Donald Trump's going to be at this funeral, which means for the first time since January 20th, 2017, he and Barack Obama are going to be in close proximity of each other. What do you think? I think they're going to sit down. What I think is going to happen. But let me say this. You think they're going to do what? I think they're going to shut the city down with all of these people <clears throat> going to yeah. be here. And with Trump and Obama, oh, God, that's going to be something else. That's going to be something to, to see with the picture. But I will say this. I'm not going to say anything derogatory about Bush one way or the other. I'm going to say what my daughter yeah. said yesterday, who is 34 years old. I liked him okay. outside of the office. Outside of being in the White House, you have right. to admit, Jay, he was a regular person. He went to the baseball game. He was yeah. out where people had access to him. His wife flew on the, on an airline that I work with. She was very cordial. Her Secret Service was cordial. People got to take pictures with her. She didn't care. She was very, very a, a normal person. And outside of the White House, who was he? He was at all of the games. He waved. He spoke. He threw the ball. He talked. He shook hands with people just like he shook hands with everybody for his wife's funeral. Outside of the White House, he was a very, very nice, cordial man. And I told Bobby, I said, if I really felt good, whatever day his funeral is, or they're going to open up his gap so people can go and see, I really would like, if I feel good that day, to go and see 
him, but I think it's going to be a lot of people that's going to want to go and see the president, the 41st president, um, lying in his casket. So I don't know, but I have nothing derogatory to say about somebody who was laid to rest. I do respect him because he said he was not going to write a book about himself. He was not going to write an autobiography like the other presidents do. He said that he was going to let people yeah. pass judgment on him in their form whatever they wanted to feel about him being a president, that he was not going to write a book about himself. And I respect him for that. But other stuff, I'm not going to talk about the dead in a derogatory way. I just won't. Well, but see, you know, you, know, you, you, you well, here's the deal, though. And, Mr. Elias, I'll give it back to you here in a second. Uh, when you talk about derogatory way, I mean, it's his record. Right. I mean, so I'm not like you said, we're not talking about the man himself. Look, I, I think George right. George W. Bush is a funny man. I, I really do. And I enjoy listening to him talk. I like I like what he's done with his daughters. Um, I like they his friendship with Michelle Obama. The White House. I'm just telling you the good things about yeah. her. They said it was always. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's not personal. Not it's not personal. Right. But I mean, it's not history. personal. It's not. It we're not talking about. Go ahead, Vanessa. I'm just not. I mean, I'm sure people got some stuff, some stuff to say about me when I close my eyes, Jay. And so, you know. No, we can say I, that while you're alive. Uh, we'll do that next good, set. No, I'm just joking. And they're uh, all good things. Go ahead. Please don't. But I'm just saying. I'm just going to have, I'm, all I, I'm saying is, I can talk about Bush after his funeral. You know, after he did, he lied in, in, in whatever it's called in, in Washington State. Lying State. State. Yeah, I'm not yeah, gonna. Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna okay. say anything about that man right now because Houston respects him. And me and Bobby was driving through the neighborhood about three months ago, and Bobby said, "This is Bush's neighborhood." We were just in Tanglewild. We were just riding through, coming from somewhere. Bobby said, "This is where Bush lives." Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying. I, I understand that. You know, interesting. President Obama just saw him this past Tuesday. Mr. Elias, go ahead. It sounds like you were trying to say something. Well, I wasn't trying to say anything, Jay. I was just, uh, uh, you know. I, I believe in, like, like, like Jerome said, I believe in telling the truth, man. You know, and, and you respect people as they are. You respect, expect, respect um, you know, what goes on with them. But, man, you know, let's just call it what it is, man. <laughs> when that Iran-Contra thing, I mean, that ruined how many people's lives, man, when they brought drugs into the United States just to, to fund a war because they, could, because they couldn't, get, could, couldn't get the money through the House and the Senate. So you, you ruin people's lives, you bring drugs into the United States, and then you have all these crack epidemics and you have everything else, and you bring them into the, you bring them into the, the, the ghetto where, where you think people yeah. are going, it's not going to affect your people when it finally does. You just got to call it what it is, man. That, that, is, that is a stain on America. I'm sorry. Well, okay. Uh, and, and like I said before, it's not a situation where, you know, we don't like the man. I, you know, listen, I thought, he, you know, I really don't remember a lot about him uh, because I really wasn't following politics very closely back then. I know his son is a funny I guy. I, you know, it, yeah, I mean, so so the bottom line is, is that when you look at, and this, but see, here's the deal, and this is what we talk about, Jerome, about the educated voter. I mean, a lot of people don't pay attention to what's going on. I mean, I have a lot of African-American people who listen to this show, and they say, well, you know, it's it's so great that you guys are giving a voice to us because no one represents us on the radio. No one represents just a common folk view. We're not 
we're not freaking politicians. We're not, you know, professional pundits. Well, you are, Jerome, but we, we're not. We're, you know, we're just everyday people that are just looking at what's going on and trying to bring awareness to the masses. Folks need to understand what's going on. So when we talk about President George H.W. Bush, his legacy, if you're going to talk about his legacy, you have to talk about the good and the bad. This is nothing personal uh, about the man himself. Like President Obama used to say, listen, because I disagree with Republicans don't necessarily mean that they're you know, evil folks. We just have a difference of opinion, but I'm not going to question their patriotism. That's the beautiful thing about this country. We all have different opinions, but at the end of the day, we're trying to reach a common goal. What's happening in today's society with the president that we have currently at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, this is all about him. He don't care about the country. It's about him, and he's a stupid person. You know, he ran for president, Jerome, because he was trying to get publicity for Trump TV. I mean, this is out there. Yep. He yep, didn't think yep, he was going yep, to win. Yep, yep, yep. No, well, he didn't think he was going to win. Well, according to Cohen's testimony, I don't know if you guys saw the layout that they just did on Friday, but according to to Cohen's testimony, they were still um, negotiating a Trump Tower deal right when that article came out that said that Russia hacked the U.S. Um, hacked the um, elections or whatever they did in elections, right? When it came out yeah. is the day that Cohen said he wasn't going. So they just found out that not only was he playing up the Russian thing for – he wasn't playing for Russia, for um, Trump TV more than he was his own business interest in Russia. So what they just found out is that the Russians was communicating with Trump, with Cohen, with Flynn, with everybody in that camp, Donald Jr., and then – the news story came out, I guess it was the Washington Post, I think. That news story came out, and they stopped talking to the Russians on the next day. So his long game was to make millions while he was running so that he'd be set up in case he lost. So his bigger game, I don't think it even was at Trump TV. He was trying to play against his loss by creating another television network or something, but he wasn't going to use his own money. His issue was that he was setting himself up outside of the United States with some loot from the Russians. So if you didn't see this week, Deutsche Bank also was raided in Germany, and it's a German bank, and they're the yep, biggest yep, debt yep, holder yep, yep. of Trump. And they just got raided on Friday. They think so money laundering gonna, with that, Jerome. Yes, yes, because he was dealing with a lot of people who were, who were, who were filtering money through Trump properties yes. in Florida in New York City that are Russian and are sketchy. So now they're checking them off for money laundering. That dude's Notice gonna, that they did that, Jerome, out. after Cohen. Yes. But, but Cohen made Notice him admit it. Cohen comes out, yeah. and now Trump's like, well, if I did it, it wasn't illegal. He was saying he didn't even have no contact with them. I don't have no money over in Russia. I never did business with them. And then on Friday, he's going to say, well, even if I did it, it wasn't illegal. That those those guys, they laid out a perfect case for them because not only did Donald Jr. lie, the uh, Flynn, the other national security advisor under him, I can't remember her name, but all of them lied to the same story about the Russian thing, and that is going to come out now because the Democrats, once they take office, they're going to give all of that stuff to Mueller. So, and and by the way, getting back to Bush one. 
government spending under Reagan was $8.7 trillion, and then it was $4.9 trillion. Under Bush, it was $5.4 trillion. Under Obama, it was one point four. Bush 2 was 7.3, and then it went up to $8.1 trillion. So you want to talk about government that was like the Clinton. The Clinton was 3.2 and 3.5. There's with low. Okay. So it was the the highest was Reagan, and then it was Bush two, and then it was uh, Bush two twice. He had 8.1 and then 7.3, and then Bush one was 5.4, and then it's Clinton 3.5, 3.2, and then Obama 1.4. So when people well, say why y'all keep bringing up Obama, it's because when you talk about government spending, it is the Republicans that spend all the money. So the Democrats, when they come in, they have to raise taxes to recoup the money that y'all just gave away. That's a true statement. They've there. almost spent that much money on on Trump going back and forward tomorrow. Oh yeah. Wait wait till his bill comes due because we know that he's almost at one point five trillion dollars in tax breaks that they're not collecting any revenue for. So wait till that bill comes due because people don't know um, on their first year of their taxes that they were getting this money back. And they were like, hey, look at all this money that Trump's saving us. Your next tax bill is going to hit you, that you are going to owe more money than you've owed before in taxes because those rates have changed. They put it off one year to sweeten that deal because they think that you're going to forget by then. And they're going to say, hey, let's cut entitlements because look how tight your taxes are. But they did that from that tax break. So when that kicks you in, everybody's uh, Go ahead. Maybe next week, Jerome, we need to talk about that a little bit because, you know, they did change that form, right? It's just a, one little simple form, according to the Republicans. And I'm be curious. I'm bracing for higher taxes. Uh, it is pay high. higher taxes next year. Yeah, yeah but you know yeah, what they're going to say? Look what happened. Look what happened when the Democrats got in, got in power. Look how your taxes went up, and stupid right. people will believe yeah. it. Hey, there you yeah, go. Let me That's tell you something. How it is. That whole robbing, they, they, you can rob anybody that um, that has blinders on. So if they hate, they're just going to hate. But it is the Republicans in that tax bill that did that. That is a true statement. Well, listen, uh, you know, our condolences, they go out to the Bush family. Uh, you, you know, you never, you, you respect the man because of the office that he held. Uh, you know, the bottom line is if we're going to look at a legacy, folks, I think we need to look at the legacy through and through. We're not trying to say anything bad about the 41st president of the United States. We're just, you know, listen, if we're going to talk about it, let's talk about it. Um, and uh, we just can't sit here and ignore the record. You know, in its entirety. All right, so listen. All right, coming up next is Chatterbox. Some very interesting comments that I'm not going to read on the air. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> Chatterbox is next, and on the need to know basis with Jerome is free is coming up. You're listening to the serious side. NPR News. Pray for me, girl. NPR News. On a need to know basis with Jerome is free is coming up next here on the serious side of the J. Roll Show. The Chief of U.S. Naval Operations, Admiral John Richardson, says the death of Admiral Scott Stearney is under investigation. The Naval Criminal Investigative Service and the Bahraini Ministry of Interior are cooperating on the investigation, but at this time, no foul play is suspected. Richardson speaking in a statement posted on YouTube. Admiral Stearney was found dead in his residence in Bahrain this weekend. He was the Navy's fifth fleet forces in the Middle East. 
Fans of college football waiting for an announcement at 12 noon Eastern time. That's when the playoff committee picks four teams for the two semifinals leading to the national title game. Alabama Public Radio's Pat Duggins reports the universities of Alabama and Georgia each tried to make their case at the Southeastern Conference Championship. Alabama and holding two of the top four rankings. The Bulldogs led for most of the game until Crimson Tide quarterback Jalen Hurts scrambled for a touchdown with barely a minute left. It was the biggest come-from-behind victory in the history of the Southeastern Conference Championship. Despite the win, Alabama head coach Nick Saban says Georgia earned a playoff spot by giving the Tide so many headaches. If that's any measure, uh, if you lose by seven points to the number one team, you shouldn't slip too far. Alabama also defeated Georgia at Mercedes-Benz Stadium back in January to take last year's national title. For NPR News, I'm Pat Duggins in Atlanta. Besides Alabama, Clemson, and Notre Dame seem certain to earn a spot in the college football playoffs. I'm Giles Snyder. This is NPR News from Washington. Thank you, Lena. Thank you, Lena. 
<laughs> yeah, the wrong. You're not the only one that has a secret admirer, that fucko. How about that? Okay. Right. How about that one? Mariana, Jay's a hater. Hater, hater, hater. Oh! 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 The first lady dazzles on election night in a. Tell me, what do you want me to do? Pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. Let me see, can I get this show back on track? It is time for my favorite part of the show, On a Need to Know Basis with Mr. Jerome is free. Jerome, man, what is on the agenda for this morning, sir? Okay, you know, I, did, I didn't um, Cyber Monday shop or anything, but, you know, Cyber Monday okay. demolished their records with, I guess it was 20% increase at $7.9 billion of online sales. Wow, yes. Wow. Amazon had the biggest shopping day ever in its 24-year history. Mm. Yeah, it's an increase of you know 19.3 percent from a year ago. Seven. Mm, mm, I'm, so I'm thinking people were already out, but now they're just online buying just because they said it was Monday. <laughs> really yeah. 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 Um, we're in a new world, fellas, and I I'm just not there with you. <laughs> there you <laughs> now you know there's a new Jeep has um, released its new its first pickup truck since 1992. It's called the new Gladiator. So it's supposed to hit production lines next year, and is intended to be a part of the SUV part pickup market for Jeep. So I don't know if you know this would be not for you millennials, but the last Jeep truck was the Comanche. I don't know if you guys remember wow. that. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that the last, yeah, that's the last the last truck from Jeep. Wow. Back in the nineties, man. No, I, yeah. I, well, wow. it went out of production in ninety two, but they had phased them out just before they stopped producing mm-hmm. them. So it's it probably was the late eighties that the Comanche was actually really seen on the road. But they stopped production really? in ninety two. Yeah. Wow. Now, um, global temperatures in 2018 are set um, to be the fourth highest on record, according to the U.N., and they stress the urgency for action um, for the global warming of the planet. So the report was released ahead of the climate summit in Poland. Um, The World Meteorological Organization pointed out that the 20 warmest years on record has been in the last 22 years. <laughs> How wow. bad is this? Okay, so they found 2018 to be on course with the fourth warmest year on record. And and by the way, they, you know, the Trump folks did try to bury yeah. that climate report on Black Friday. Hmm. And Friday, Friday was not a celebration for black people, if you didn't know what Black Friday is. Wasn't it? Really? All right. Yeah. Now, one of I, I know I've done this story before, but it's in the news again. One of the biggest mysteries in the universe could be hiding in plain sight again. Many astronomers are still convinced that Planet Nine exists beyond Jupiter. So while evidence for its existence is stacking up, no telescope has been able to spot it yet. So Michael Brown, who's an astronomer at the California Institute of Technology, says that he feels um, eternally optimistic that someone will find it 
but experts say that it could be essentially invisible to existing observatories and astronomers. Uh, oh gosh, um, they're saying that um, they've debated whether the planet nine planet orbits beyond Pluto, but they think it's actually in between Jupiter, which means it's closer to us. And we're talking about a planet wow. that is um, bigger than Jupiter that we can't see that's closer than Pluto. And they think that it orbits around us every 10, 10 to 20,000 years. Wow. Yeah. And the reason you can tell is because our gravitational pull, they know that something big is out there because the way the planets are being pulled, something is drawing it towards it, and they just can't see it. Mm. Good luck with that. It's been there. Yeah. Just, wanted to, just wanted to say that for those people who don't believe in science. There's another planet orbiting that you can't see. All right. Now, electric cars sold by Tesla, BMW, and Volkswagen in China secretly send their locations to the government surveillance project that monitors them. So they said that they are feeding in real-time location location information and dozens of other um, data points from electric vehicles to the Chinese government. Which, really? means they're probably, which means they're probably doing that here too. Yeah. We just can't find out. So if you have an electric car, it's sending a signal someplace. So you might want to watch where you go. Go to Panera Bread in the mall. Like <laughs> keep going back and forth. All right. Google uh, is paying um, pays one billion dollars for a 51 acre site that's minutes away from their Mount View headquarters. And um, they're just saying that they brought this 12-building technology park, uh, or they have one, and um, I guess it's Mount View, California. And the investment is the second largest property purchase in the U.S. this year. Billion dollars, 51 acres. Hmm. Yeah. Google is um, doing something that we need, to, we need to ask some questions about. Now, really? A Florida police chief is jailed for three years for framing innocent black men for burglary and vehicle crimes. So at a hearing on Tuesday, um, the uh, the judge, who was 53, claimed that he felt pressure to boost crime stats in the small village of about 3,000 uh, residents. But he only found black people. It's 3,000 uh-huh. people. Right. <laughs> he framed black people. He's like, uh, we yeah. 3,000 people, we got... 20 black people and they keep arresting them for the same thing. Black they didn't believe nobody else commit commits crimes, huh? Just 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 black folks, huh? Right, just them just them six over there. All right. Um wow. two Detroit men were exonerated from a nineteen ninety nine murder. Um they were greeted with hugs and tears after serving two decades in prison. So Justice Lee Johnson who's forty four and Kendrick Scott who's forty on Wednesday walked out of a Wayne County jail as free men just hours after prosecutors agreed to drop murder charges against them. Now, not only did they not do it, they had to drop the charges, which means they could have recharged, wow. they could have left in there. I don't, I don't understand. If you know that they didn't do it, what's the really? big deal on on letting them out? Oh, I'm sorry. They don't want to get sued. They don't want to pay them no money. That's it. Yep. You now, took my life number, away for 20 years. Wow. Exactly. It's like, oh, you can't... What are we supposed to do about this? Now, you need to make up that 20 years with something. Really? 
Now, the former Attorney General of Pennsylvania, Kathleen Kane, has been given less than two days to surrender to jail. Now, again, they're letting her surrender instead of picking her up. So the judge said that there's no longer a reason for her to remain free. One day after the Supreme Court declined to take up her appeal against perjury conviction that she received two years ago. She's been out on $75,000 bail since October 2016 of her 10 to 23 months for leaking grand jury information and lying about it. This is a prosecutor, (laughs) attorney general. Wow. It it just keeps getting better, doesn't it? She was convicted of two counts of felony perjury and seven misdemeanors, including obstruction and conspiracy. The same charges that Trump and his family is going to see. Now, she resigned from office after her conviction, and then Kane had a campaign consultant pass confidential files to a reporter about a corruption case and had declined, um, I guess she had declined to charge the person before she left office. Then she tried to frame someone else for the leak, and AIDS testified at her perjury and obstruction trial that she did it. She tried to set somebody else up. This is our justice wow. system. Yes. Uh, um, now, I didn't mention this, but you know, today is, um, they're having a global citizens festival. They're celebrating the 100th year of Nelson Mandela's birth. And I'm sure they're going to be showing it all over the place on um, all major networks. So, you know, Beyonce, Jay-Z, all those guys are performing. But for the legacy of Nelson Mandela... They're celebrating the hundredth year of his birth. For now, Mandela. Now, Dun- oh, sorry, I was going to do the Dunkin' Donuts story, but I'll do the Delta one first. Delta unveiled its first biometric terminal in Atlanta's airport that will let passengers use facial recognition ID. Now, getting through I don't airport- want it. I, exactly. <laughs> They're saying I don't want it. You can get faster if you let them. Use facial recognition on you. No, I guess that's why I got. That's why I paid for uh, the uh, what's the name? The uh, in, a TSA in the free. Yeah, yep, I yep. paid for you that need all day. <laughs> you know, because you know it's not going to end there. You, no, you it's not. Recognition at the grocery store. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they tried to pretty wow. it up by saying you can get through faster if you do the facial recognition. It's like no, it, it's almost like. Um, for the holidays, you're getting your um, Ancestry check. Don't go to Ancestry.com. Do not nope. go to 2016 because uh, that data is going someplace that is none of your business. <laughs> like, they're keeping uh, your data on file in your DNA. They're not. It, you know, the funny thing about that is I keep hearing people say stuff like, I know that my people are Native, but it came back and said there's no Native uh, blood in me for black folks. That's why uh, you know that they're lying. Because black people were here before natives were. So if they're not even <laughs> telling you the truth that, why are you giving them your money testing your DNA? All right. Now, Dunkin' mm-hmm. Donuts is warning customers that information tied to their Dunkin' Donuts perk account. I don't know why you need a perks account at a donut place, but anyway. Your accounts have been stolen as a part of a hack. So if you are a reward program or frequent customer, in their program, you need to check your um, credit account, your credit card um, statement because they were hacked at Dunkin' Donuts. And yeah, everybody's getting hacked. Everybody's well, getting hacked. 
you know, here's here's the lie that they tell. If your company, if somebody tells you that they've not been hacked, they are lying to you. Because it is very difficult. If your technology is going over the Internet, somebody can pick it off. Even if it's encrypted, it, it's one of those things that they may need a key to encrypt it, but you can see traffic traveling. The Internet was created by the government, and there's a public pipe of it. So even if you think it's secure, it's just showing, it's just securing data over that line, but that data still can be seen. So everybody gets hacked. If they say they don't, they're lying. Now, Indian authorities say they, say they have no plans to recover the body of John Allen um, Chow, who's the American missionary who was killed by members of that isolated tribe on that remote island near India. They said that mm-hmm. we've decided not to disturb the Sintalese um, people, said the, anthrop- said the um, anthropolo- anthropologist um, who was not named, who was asked not to be named. He said that we've tried not to contact them for the past many years and have decided not to continue trying. He said it had been determined that further efforts to retrieve his body um, carried an unacceptably high possibility of clash between the outsiders and the Sintalese people. So mm. he said that there were concerns that continue, continued survey of the island could force to disrupt their daily patterns um, to um, begin guarding the island more closely, farther disrupting the community. So that tribe, by the way, has been there at least 30,000 years and have aggressively resisted contact with outside outsiders for generations. And the reason... Smart people. Is, yeah. And the reason that we don't do that, and the Indian... Uh, India actually kind of has governments over that island. They extended the radius to five more miles to say do not go near that island because you are carrying disease to those people, even in contacting them. So that guy was snuck on the island, and the family said, don't prosecute the people who snuck him onto the island. Well, they should prosecute them. Because they catch a, they catch the cold, the flu, the cholera, and a bunch of diseases from you that you're carrying in your um, germs that you're carrying in you. So that's why they killed him. Wow. And, hey, you know, don't speak in Wakanda is all I got to say about that. <laughs> Got to talk to them. <laughs> there you go. Now, All right, Jerome, we have for two more, man. Two more stories of Mr. Jerome Rome. Two more. Oh, boy, I can't okay. wait to hear these. So, so white farmers' uh, legal fight against plans to give back their lands um, to black South Africans without compensation was thrown out of court. So their high court oh. in South Africa rejected the legal challenge on Friday brought by a group representing uh-huh. white farmers. For um, they were getting their land taken without compensation. They said you took it without compensation, so we taking it back without compensation. Right. Woo. So I'm talking they, about. They they were clear about that. So now, <laughs> well, I, I don't really even know what to say about that anymore. All right. So here's the thing. There's a uh, there's been the Vatican has released a statement saying that killer robots and autonomous um, AI weapons should be banned before they become a reality. So they have a conference on November 22nd, um, the United Nations, at the United Nations in Geneva, and they're telling people to 
um, for their nations to not build those kind of weapons and use artificial intelligence because technically it's going to turn out bad for you. That was what they said. All right. All right. So okay. I was going to end on that because, you know, I, I did have a grizzly bear killing a mother and a 10-year-old. Hey, how about we know that one? <laughs> well, let's <laughs> that do one. that one. How about we do that one? Okay, well, okay, a young mother and her 10-year-old daughter have been killed by a grizzly bear away from their ca- cabin in Canada. The husband Ooh. gone out to check for traps where he was trapping animals for their fur. He came back. The grizzly bear attacked him. He shot and killed the grizzly bear, and when he got back home, he found out that that same grizzly killed his wife and child. Good night, everybody. Wow, boy. Yeah. Wow, that is that's, uh, well, that's, uh, another well, drop of the mic moment. Hibernate. Well, grizzlies typically hibernate between October and April. So they're yeah. saying because of the warmer weather, they were, sti- they were not hibernating. So you want to go boy. try to trap other animals, and you got trapped. There you uh, go. Yeah, I, I, I feel some type of way about that kind of stuff. But uh, all right, man, there it is, the man himself. I tried. Mr. Jerome is free. Let's see. Here you go. That was Jay Ross Show. All right, folks, it's time for final thoughts. And I have one here from Johnny D. He says, Jay, if you were not doing something of value, the listeners would not listen and the listeners would not comment. We must find value in allowing others to respectfully voice their thoughts and express themselves regardless this open mic format allows all to make their commentary. However, you have earned the right to censor comments or remarks throughout the show. Although the listener, Teddy, comments were not expressed during the show, his spirit was allowed into the homes of the serious sized listeners for several minutes. This will allow some to speculate and insinuate right and wrong. When the day and the night meets, I've never encountered an adversary in which I failed to allow to communicate autonomously. I listen and study the modus operandi. Lastly, never allow anyone to define what it is to be black in America and how we should act and believe. Most often, the only thing holding you back is your tendency to hold in to your flawed thoughts. May God have mercy and grace. On each of us Well said Johnny D as always Mr. Jerome Spree man Your final thoughts sir You know On that note I just want to Put my comments In the The spirit of the Sintelese Sintelese people Is that When we yeah. tell you Don't come Don't come That's all I have to say <laughs> Wakanda Forever <laughs> hey, Wakanda Forever <laughs> I wish that place existed for real Mr. Elias man Man it's the first And last word man Here on the serious side Final thoughts Look, man, uh, wow, it's been an interesting show. Bottom line is, Jerome said it best, we have to love you to hate you. So, hey, that that I, I need to make a T-shirt with that on it. That, Jerome, yeah, I get first dibs. So. <laughs> I get first dibs. But, as, as always, I say, get out and vote, folks, and start with your local election. Start that and, and, and work your way up. Because if you don't start out in your local election, you can't really make a change. People always say you can't make a change, but well, vote, yes, you can Get out and make that one vote and make that one vote count. Because some of these votes, some of these selections were won by two, three hundred votes. So just think if you hadn't got out and vote and what happened, what would happen? Absolutely. You know they say wish it on a star no matter where you are. Forty-four years ago to this day, uh, a bundle of joy arrived 
at 1126 Wake Street. It was uh, something that I had always prayed for and something that to this day I continue to love. I want to say happy birthday to my younger brother. Today is his birthday, Mr. Tyreek Styles, a.k.a. Sean, DJ Sean Juan. I love you, man. I hope you enjoy your day. And uh, I tell you what, man, life has been better since you have been around. Sometimes. And on that note, Mr. Elias, <laughs> if it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, what time is it, my friend? It's time for the serious side of the J. Wow. Show. Folks, it's been a pleasure to serve you. And some of you people who are haters, we love you in and dang go away. So for Vanessa, for my main man Jerome, for Johnny D, and for the man himself, Mr. Elias, I'm Jay Rob saying have a great work week. And remember, this Sunday we're talking serious stuff. It is a serious side. God bless. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Network. Network.